What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. And we are, okay, so today's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, at the end of this show, it'll be 72 hours from kickoff. Oh, man. 7 o'clock in Green Bay on Saturday. Just think at the end of the show. So this, it's basically 73 hours from now. The Texans will be kicking it off against the Green Bay Packers preseason game one. No idea really who's going to play, who's not going to play. Except for Aaron Rodgers. I've heard Aaron Rodgers won't play, but I don't know who else. Uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, I was asked today, hey, are you going to do a know your foe for this game? Because uh, I usually do that during the season. I'm like, well, considering we don't even know who's playing, we have no idea. Eh, probably not wise to do it until the regular season. Narrow this thing down at least to get a kind of a decent read on what's going to happen this year, this season, this regular season. But 73 hours away from kickoff against the Green Bay Packers. That will be David Culley's maiden voyage as head coach for your Houston Texans. We're going to hear from David Culley in a form I like to call Texans audio jukebox today aka cully audio jukebox he met with the media today so we'll hear some of the things that he had to say a couple of additions to the team he'll talk about those as well then i had an opportunity to catch up with a couple of guys after practice the last few days aj moore one of my favorite players on this team smile lights up the entire building he is a really fun guy to talk to i can talk with him about anything anything but you know I'm going to talk some college football with him. That's always some good fun. And then Jaleel Johnson, I, somebody I talked to, uh, man, we had him back in our Texas media day. So it was probably two weeks to the day from when I talked to him. because so that was a Tuesday. It was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun stuff talking to Jaleel Johnson. So A.J. Moore, Jaleel Johnson in our middle segment. And then we'll close down with a little Drew and Mark with Malik Collins and John Reed, respectively. So Drew does a little Drew's Dozen with Malik Collins. And Mark chats up John Reed, the former Penn State cornerback, former All-Big Ten defensive back John Reed. Big stage for him on Saturday against the Green Bay Packers. So that's on the show. A.J. Moore, Jaleel Johnson, Malik Collins, John Reed. Boy, I didn't realize. Boy, that's all defense. <laughs> that's all defense. Oh, well, that's kind of the way it goes. Uh, we're, we're good with it. So let's get it going here with me, your host, John Harris. If I didn't say that football analyst, Southern report, I don't know if I did or not. Um, I'm getting up in, up in age and it's been a very long day. I'm in about two hours sleep. So bear with me. But sometimes you go on a couple hours sleep. Those end up being some of your best shows. So let's rock and roll with a little Texans audio jukebox and hear from David Cully. Now I just mentioned, we're going to have Four guys from the defensive side of the ball join us. But the first question that Coach Cully was asked was about his offensive line and what he's actually looking for in that group. Consistency. I mean, I'm talking about coming off the ball, communicating, everybody being on the same page. And, 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 and here's the thing about that, being our first game, is we've been moving those guys all across, all during training camp. I mean, guys have been playing different positions, and so now – once we get in there, obviously the communication has to be really, really good because guys may be playing one position a little bit longer than what he's been doing in practice. And the communication is the big thing with the offensive line as, as far as us 
doing the things that we need to do in our run game and in our pass game, their communication is critical. You hear that word a lot, communication, communication. Yeah, look, at every single level, communication's massive. But on the offensive line, you blow communication, your quarterback gets drilled. You mess up your communication, your running back takes a TFL uh, and takes a big shot. You miscommunicate in the secondary, yeah, you give up a touchdown, but you know, there's an opportunity for a quarterback running back to get hurt if you end up blowing an assignment up front. So that communication is vital. And Coach Cully uh, discussed that with his offensive line. Now, Saturday becomes a really interesting task for the coaching staff, led by David Cully. How do you divide up the reps? Something that we sort of touched on a little bit on Tuesday when I sat down, Mark and I sat down with Coach Cully. Here he is answering that question about dividing up the reps for Saturday night. As far as dividing up the reps, we haven't really decided yet how we want to divide up those reps. And we're just going to wait at the end of this week when we practice tomorrow and kind of sit down and see how the situation is with injuries and the situation as far as who's available and who's not available and who we may not play. And we're not sure of that yet. And then we'll, we'll gauge it on that. One guy who I hope gets a bunch of reps on Saturday is the rookie out of New Mexico State slash Arizona. Spent the majority of his career in New Mexico State. One year at Arizona, where he's from. And that is Roy Lopez Jr. Now, some fans have been out to practice, so they've had a chance to see him. But seeing him on TV, that's a little different. Seeing him in person, sometimes the way practice is, you can't really find where he is. Well... Coach was asked about him because Lopez is making a significant impact on this camp, on this defensive line. Here's what Coach Cully had to say about Roy Lopez, his day three rookie. He's jumped into a group of guys as a rookie with some veteran guys that know how to practice, they know how to play, and he has fell right in there. And, and you know what? There are times when I don't even know that he's a rookie with that group. You know, when he's out there and, and again, coming from where he comes from, the way he played when we drafted him. I mean, we knew what we were getting when we got him and he's been everything that we wanted him to be from that standpoint. And he's just falling right in with those guys. He never says a word. He never says a word. I like the fact that he's tough. He's aggressive. He's a grinder. I mean, he's grinding every play, every play that he's out there. I appreciate Coach Cully saying that about Roy. There's no doubt. I mean, he grinds. He plays hard. I don't, don't get me wrong on that. But you said, hey, give me a couple words about Roy. Man, grinder almost is kind of a backhanded compliment in some sense. Athletic, quick, explosive, short area quickness, just impressive. Leverage winner. He dominates with his leverage. I mean, he's really fun to watch. He's going to throw a guy or two around uh, like a throw pillow on Saturday. I, I Trust me, there's going to be somebody up front for the Packers that doesn't know uh, what he's dealing with against 79. And 79 is going to take him to the woodshed. So that's going to be really fun to watch. Roy Lopez making a significant impact. And hopefully that continues on Saturday. Now, I said earlier, there were a couple of players added to the roster. Same name. Drake Jackson, Darius Jackson. Here's Coach Cully talking about those two arriving today. Yes, you know, basically we added some depth right there. We've got some guys that are that are a little nicked up right now and uh, some guys that may not be able to play in the game, and we wanted to make sure that those guys were available. And uh, Nick, Nick did his due diligence in, in making sure the availability with, with, with uh, the backs and O-line that were available out there to uh, be able to help us at this point uh, with the situation that we're in. 
Now, I know a lot of you have listened to our Texans Training Camp Live shows. You've listened to Texans All Access shows. You've listened to our podcast. You've listened to a lot of things that we've talked about. And we've talked about the running backs a bunch. Oh, man, they got four running backs. You know, the four veterans, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead. Oh, the two guys behind, Dontrell. So I said two guys behind. The, the two backs that make six, Dontrell Hilliard and Scotty Phillips. Why do they need another running back? Well, we haven't seen Dontrell Hilliard uh, in practice, so I, I don't know what that could mean. And even at that point, even if Dontrell says he's banged up or not or whatever's going on with him, you go into a preseason game, those four running backs presumably are not going to get a lot of time. You need running back on the field for the last three quarters, and you can't leave it to one guy. You can't leave it to just two guys. You'd like to have two or three. Now, the fact that Buddy Howell is back from COVID-19, um, testing positive for that, he's back for that, um, or was on the reserve COVID-19 list, that's huge. Because you know Buddy knows a lot of this offense, knows a lot of the verbiage, so he can step right up. He knows the blitz protections, all that kind of stuff. So you got Scotty Phillips, who, by the way, speaking of blitz protection, one of my favorite plays from today's practice, Davis Mills threw an absolute dart of a first down throw. And we're going to hear from Davis Mills here in a little bit. Give him the little Texas Audio Jukebox flavor, too. And Scotty Phillips stepped up and made one whale of a block on a blitz. And that gave Mills just another six inches to kind of move up in a pocket and deliver to Alex Erickson for a first down. Really good stuff from Scotty Phillips. I can't. I really am excited to see what he does. I hope Don Trell's ready to go for Saturday as well. Um, and now we get a chance to see Darius Jackson in the backfield. Drake Jackson. If Drake Jackson were six three, say six four, three oh five, three ten, I don't think there's any way that Drake Jackson is here with the Texans after having been claimed no waivers by the Lions. He went undrafted. Uh, was an excellent player at Kentucky, but he's 292. Uh, he might be a little heavier than that now that he's gotten you know to the NFL, trying to put weight on. But when you see him standing amongst the linemen, you're like, man, he's shorter than everybody else. I'll tell you this though, that dude is a manimal. He is uh, he's a guy you don't want to mess with. That's like a wild boar and tough, tough as nails, tough as nails. Got dinged up at the senior ball, didn't miss a didn't miss a beat, didn't miss a play. I mean, he is one tough character. And the funny thing is, I actually, during a draft process, because he was only on 292 at his pro day or whatever it was, I kind of glossed over him. Like, you know, look, I've seen him play. He's, you know, okay, whatever. But I was like, I'm going to take another look just because I'm watching Kentucky and NC State in the ball game. And Kentucky and NC State have got a couple of dudes up front on both sides of the ball. And so I was watching NC State's defense tackle, um, trying to watch Lee McNeil, but he didn't play that game. So I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll keep watching and just see who they got out there. And Kentucky has a run play, kind of, I, I want to say it was like a zone play to the left. And Drake Jackson just absolutely torques this dude to the line of scrimmage. I'm like, yo, wow, I need to watch. Continue to watch that game. Just really liked what I saw and thought, this guy should get drafted at a minimum. And then I watched another couple games, and I'm like, boy, I really kind of like this guy. Now he ends up here uh, with the Texans. Look, you come in the third week of training camp as a rookie. I mean, who knows? But I said this about Rod Johnson. The Texans claimed him on waivers back in 2018, I believe it was. Spent the rest of that year working with him, working with him, working with him. Came back 2019, totally different player. Got himself on the field, played some big downs for this team over the last couple of years, made starts for this team the last couple of years. So you never know what you're going to end up 
finding if you have the opportunity to claim a guy on waivers and bring him in, especially at a place at a spot like center, where if you have a guy with a pretty high football IQ, you never know. So Darius Jackson, running back, been around the league, set a cup of coffee with a lot of different teams. Uh, and Drake Jackson, the rookie, claimed off of waivers from the Detroit Lions. Okay, Coach Cully, still at the mic, still positive. Sometimes it's amazing how he is so positive. This man just has juice for days. He talked about it with us and said, look, man, I'm coaching football. That's, that's the most important thing. Here's what he had to say to the media this morning. I know this is a marathon. You know, the, the NFL is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And the thing about it is when you love what you do and you have passion in what you do, um, those things never come into effect. I have a job to do. I have a job to run this football team. I have a job to every day to come to work and be what they expect me to be. And, and from in my entire career to now, from college to this point, I mean, I don't feel like that's an issue. I feel like it's going to help me because, again, the longer you play, the better. You know, the longer you go into the season, the better. And that's our plans, and that's how we approach it, and that's how I am every day. I don't know any better. Maybe it'll hit me later on. We'll see. I got a feeling it's not going to hit him. <laughs> I really don't. You, going through the season is interesting. Now that you add another week, now it's 18 weeks, everybody that's there, feel, you feel it. You really do feel it. And it's, sometimes it's the back-to-back road trips. Like, I'm telling you, the Tuesday after the second road trip, on a consecutive road trip, I mean, it is a, it's a, it's a monster. It's like, man, I gotta, I gotta try and make it through this day. Oh, good grief. So, um, there's, there's, there's that, but at some point you kind of get your second wind or you hope to the seasons that end up being really, really difficult are when you don't get that second wind and then you're just dragging tail at the end of the year. Last year was kind of like that for a number of reasons for me. You know, back surgery, all that went on with, you know, the, the head coaching position, the team not playing exceedingly well, and then losing gut punch games, two to Tennessee, two to Indianapolis. I mean, you know, the game to Cincinnati, it was like, oh, my God, this thing is just draining. Hopefully 2021 going to be a different story. Okay, let's go to Davis Mills. He met with the media on, I think, it, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday. Either way, I don't know that we've had an opportunity to play some of those things that we heard from Davis Mills. Obviously, first time at the microphone. And you got to really step up and get his assessment of what's really been going on for him. Here's what he had to say. Kind of give it a little self-assessment of Davis Mills. I think I've done pretty well so far. Obviously, there's still a lot to learn. It's a new offense for me, so I'm just trying to study as much as I can, learn from the older guys, and pick up and improve every day. And we haven't had a chance to sit down and pick the brain of Davis Mills, like hopefully we're going to throughout his Texans career. But I'm not surprised when it came to self-assessment time that he's just like, yeah, fine, let's move on. He doesn't, he doesn't spend uh, a ton of time dwelling on how he's done, what's happened, etc. Now, this next clip, I'm going to follow up with what I wrote today. And it was about how do you respond when you have a bad day, bad game, etc. And I'm sure there's probably, you know, in his mind, probably some canned answer. But I'm going to give you the actual answer once we hear from what Davis Mills had to say about how you bounce back from a bad performance. 
I mean, yeah, we're still early on in camp. Obviously, I'm still learning the offense, but, I mean, something that always stuck with me is the little quote, You're never, it's never as bad as you think it is, and it's never as good as you think it is. So that's something I try to keep my head up and just continually improve. I love his approach, man. I really do. I love his approach. And I think you see that in the way that he plays. And I, and I bring this up because I know Saturday, not this past Saturday, then I practiced the week before, Terod Taylor uh, had the day off. He had an excused absence. He had the day off. And so Davis moved up and did a lot of stuff with what we would presume is the starting crew. And it's probably been well talked about, not only on our flagship Sports Radio 610, it's been written about, it's been Twitterized. It was talked about other stations. It's talked about nationally. About, oh, Davis Mills and the struggles and everything that went on on that particular Saturday. Well, here's the, here's the dangerous thing about narratives. Especially if you're not somebody that's out there every day, that you see every single rep, that you're around him all the time. Your narrative is eventually going to be proved wrong. Proved wrong. And, and I, I've seen it go both ways. I've seen guys come out and they say, you know, make that first impression. You make that first impression, there's a reason for that. You know, there's no such thing as a bad first impression. Wait, I can't remember how it goes. But anyway, you want to leave a, a really nice first impression because that's what people are left with. So you could come out on day one. You could say you're a receiver and you catch everything. You catch everything. And you look great. And there are a bunch of fans there watching. The media is like, yo, man, John Harris caught everything at practice. And then as practice goes on, you stop catching everything. You can't get open. Drops. Kind of dinged up a little bit. You slow in and out of your breaks, all those kind of things. But man, the, the media talked about your first day. People talk, people, the fans talked about your first day, like, yo, John Harris has got it. And all of a sudden you look up preseason game, John Harris is with the third string. You're like, what? Wait a second. What? Our, our narrative was that he was really, really good. Well, obviously for Davis, it went the other way. Because I even heard it today. I wrote about this. And I hope that my guys Landry and, and John don't take this the wrong way because it really is nothing on them. But it proves my point, and that is we don't see everything these guys do. Now, Mark, myself, we get an opportunity, DP Drew, we get a chance to see them a lot more than other people. But there are some people, I even in the media, that come out to a practice, that's it. So if you saw that Saturday practice, you'd walk out of there going, man, Davis Mills, and he struggled that day. He struggled mightily. There were a lot of things going on. I've talked about that. Fast forward to today. And I really don't want to fast forward through those days because from that Saturday, they came back on a Monday. Um, yeah, they came back on a Monday that led all the way through the Saturday night practice. And you just saw Davis start to climb just one step at a time, one step at a time. It just was, get, it was getting better. Things were, were happening faster. But yet, people were still hanging on to that Saturday. Oh, man, he was so bad on that Saturday. Oh, man. You know, they kept hanging on to that narrative. And I even heard it today Landry and John were transitioning out of a break and they were teasing the next segment. And Landry, the way he teased it was, you know, is Davis Mills still the guy from that Saturday that, you know, didn't have a lot of success? And they weren't able to be there today because they had to do their show and practice was at 9.15 and they weren't doing a show at the field. So they were in studio. So they didn't see the practice. Davis Mills today was unbelievable. He was unbelievably good. Go read my Harris hits. He threw darts. It was to a point where, Mark and I were sitting in different areas and I'm sitting there writing in my book like, yo, Davis is dealing today. He looks good. Mark's texting me like, are you seeing the same thing I am with Mills? I'm like, yes. 
Davis has been very, very good. So the narrative, though, is going to be in, and just wait to hear it. Oh, yeah, but Mills has struggled in camp. I'm telling you, it's coming. And I'm telling you, as soon as you hear it, you'll know. Those people will out themselves for not knowing what truly has been going on with that young man from Stanford. Because every single day, it's getting better and better. But there are going to be those that are like, yeah, but you know, he's still going against the threes. Nope. Today, he went first. Now, I don't know if that was the first complete group, but it looked like a lot of guys I'm used to seeing with the starting group on both sides. Oh, yeah, but you know, but Brandon Cooks was back today, too, like he wasn't on that Saturday. Nope. Brandon was back. But Brandon really wasn't that drill for maybe one or two plays, maybe at the beginning of a two-minute drill at the end of practice. Uh, yeah, but, but that Saturday, yeah, that Saturday is way behind Davis Mills. Way behind him. Yet, it's probably at the forefront of his mind because he's going to keep that day in mind because that will drive him towards success. And he just talked about the bad performance. You're not as bad as it, it's not as bad as it seems. It's not as good as it seems. Well, where he has gotten to, is that's progress. He's made a ton, a ton of progress from that Saturday to this practice today. And the quarterback I saw today was one that I will trust. He was making quick decisions. He made beautiful throws. He ran a two-minute drill like a champ up and down the field. He threw dimes. I mean, it was a complete and total reversal from that Saturday. However... You're going to hear it. You're going to hear those narratives. Oh, yeah, but he's had a terrible camp. Um, no. You hear those words, and you can circle whoever said that and go, that person has no idea what they're talking about. Now, I will make this very clear. I am not putting him in Canton. I am not making him all pro. I'm not even making him a starting quarterback on this team. But what I am doing is shooting down the narratives of, oh, Davis is at a terrible camp. No, Davis had a terrible day. And he didn't have great practices leading up to that day. And after that, but after that, you could see the steps. Today was one giant, massive leap. Now he's got to continue that. And Saturday is going to be that big measuring stick for Davis Mills. Let's get one more Texans audio jukebox from Davis Mills. And let's talk about the advice he's gotten from some of the other quarterbacks in this building. Number of vets. They've been around. Tim Kelly's been around. Pep Hamilton's been around. They're guys that have seen a thing or two. How are they helping Davis Mills, and what's the advice he's getting from those guys right now? A lot of it right now is we're kind of all new here, um, so we're all trying to learn the offense. So we're just bouncing ideas off each other. Um, Tim Kelly's really, and Pep are both really open to ideas and what we've kind of thought about in the past and how we think about different things to try to become universal in it. But, I mean, they're helping me out a ton. If I have any questions, it's kind of an open room where we're just bouncing around, uh, bouncing around ideas and they're all helping. All right, there's our Texans audio jukebox for tonight. All right, we get back. Let's get defensive. A.J. Moore, Jalil Johnson, they both join me next right here on Texas All Access. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And I forgot to mention this in the first segment. I got carried away with trying to squash narratives and all the different things that were going on and talking about Davis Mills. So I got a little carried away with that, so... Um, I failed this 
the, the, actually, one of these is a pretty big one. I talk about Darius Jackson joining the team. Six foot, 220-pound back, big dude. Uh, when he was at Eastern Michigan, uh, he, was a, he was a bowling ball. I mean, he just ran through dudes. They've signed him. I mentioned that. The Texans have also waived Damon Hazleton, rookie wide receiver, Virginia Tech, uh, before he ended up with Missouri in 2020. But this one, ugh. The Houston Texans placed the following player on the reserve COVID-19 list. Bradley Roby going on that list. Ugh, man, that's, that's tough. I don't think Roby's going to play much Saturday against the Packers. But you just, you just hate seeing... Uh, first of all, I'll say this. I hate seeing anybody on the COVID-19 list. You know, that a few guys to start off with, uh, Buddy Howell, Jerron Christian, there are a few guys that start off on the COVID-19 list. Those guys have gotten back and watching them practice, I mean, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. So it seems like they're making their way. But either way, I hate seeing guys having to go through that, uh, especially at this point after everything we've gone through since March of 2020. But Bradley Roby going on the reserve COVID-19 list. A lot of people have talked about that the last couple of days. He hasn't been there, and so that probably gives an indication of what's happening with Robe. He's going to miss game one regardless, but just want to get him back healthy so he can have a great season for the team. Uh, he did a great interview with Landry and Johnny the other day talking about what's different about this particular team. And I think, you know, Robe is a guy that he'll tell he he will straight up honestly tell you how things are going good, bad, or otherwise. And just listening to him talk, you can tell he's got a little bit more juice uh, than he's had uh, because of what he sees here and what's going on here. So hopefully Bradley will get back in due time. Okay, let's get to our interviews. Each and every day after practice, I get a chance to catch up with a player. I don't know that it's been you know defense, offense. I'm trying to think. I just, just happen to be a bunch of defensive guys uh, that I've had a chance to catch up with. One guy, new to the team in 2021. One guy, got here in 2018 and has been a stalwart on special teams. And we're going to start with him. Let's talk with A.J. Moore and see if he's got something nice to say about the Mississippi State Bulldogs. All right, John Harris out here at Texas Training Camp, Houston Methodist Training Center. I'm alongside one of my favorite guys, a guy whose smile brightens up yeah. the entire room. That's my man, A.J. Moore. We were, A.J., we were talking about this earlier, and we are talking about the waiver claim process and how you got here in 2018. It feels like it's eons ago, right. but that's how you got here. Right. But you stuck in the league with your energy, your building on special teams, your play at safety. In your mind, what has been the key to your success after you got here in 2018? Uh, I would have to give all the most of the credit to special teams. Um, I just go out there, work hard, man, trying to do whatever the team acts. And I think special teams fit me best because I get to run fast and hit people. Uh, and that's what I love to do. Your special teams coaches see Sean Baker going by, Frank Ross. You've had a few over the years. You know, Brad Seeley is one of the best this league's ever seen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you have in these two guys, Frank Ross and Sean Baker, with special teams this year? Man, a lot of energy. Uh, they're creative. And, uh, man, they do things the right way. And they they believe in us, and they will, they, they like us to just go out and, and, and do our stuff. They don't hold us back, man. They let us turn it loose. And I, I like that the most about them. 
How about the safety position? You also got a new coach back there in Greg Jackson. Oh, yeah. Now you talk about pelts up on the wall. He's got him. Right, He's played in this right, league. Right. He's got rings. Right. What about Coach Jackson? And what does he mean for those safeties back in the backhand? Man, we love Coach Jack, man. Just to have uh, a guy that, that, like you said, has has all the 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 pets. The what are, what did you call it? The pelts on the wall. The pelts on the wall, yeah. man. Uh, Twelve years, I believe. Yeah. Played SEC football, so he's done it the right way for sure, man. And he he's a player coach. He takes care of ter- takes care of us. He's very detailed. Um. And, man, we got a lot of respect for him, and we're looking to do great things for Coach, man. That means something, that SEC football, huh? Oh, yeah, of course it does. And, but he played for LSU. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, we kind of got a little love-hate thing going on in there. Man. So, But it's cool, man. I, I respect Coach, and I'm going to give my all for him. Okay, now you took me in that college football direction, and now we could be here for a while because I got to ask you about your guys. At Ole Miss this year, Lane Kiffin's gone down there, yep. and he's yep. kind of turned it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean the way that he has made Ole Miss this attractive destination. Yep. He's got Matt Corral. We saw Elijah Moore going to league yep. last yep. year. Yep. He's got things going down with the Reds. Man, uh, big shout out to Lane Kiffin, man. He's he's doing things the right way down there. Uh, it definitely looks and, and feels like Ole Miss football again, man. Um, so big shout out to those guys and um. Um, hoping that, hoping and praying that they have a, a successful season this year. The powder blues or oh, the yes. reds? Powder blue. No Best doubt. uniform there is in college. Yes, yes, sir. No question. Without, without a doubt, I am so into that. Okay, I started this with Max uh, a few about a week ago. Say something nice about. It's always good to have a positive thought about somebody, right? About who? That's exactly what I'm going to give to you. Okay. Say something nice about Jay Reed, Justin Reed. Justin Reed. Oh, man. Uh, something nice. There's so many things, man. He's a great guy, he's a great uh, teammate, great energy, man. And he's an uh, a even better player, man. Like, he's a, he's a leader by his performance. And, man, I, li- I like going to war with that guy, man. I can count on him, and I, he can count on me. Say something nice about another fellow SEC football player, Lonnie Johnson Jr. Lonnie Johnson. First of all, Ole Miss is better than Kentucky, <laughs> but I love you, man. Uh, but no, man. Uh, big boy safety too now. Yeah, big boy safety. So, but great, great teammate, great player, man. Like I said, love going to war with all those guys, man. But shout out to Lonnie. Say something nice about John Weeks. John the longest Weeks. tenured Texan. Oh, man, that's big bro. That's big bro. That's the OG. The longest tenure here at the Texas. Uh, that's a, that's, that says a lot, man. And um, he does. He definitely leads the right way by his performance and vocally. Uh, he's a great leader, great teammate, great, uh, even better person. Um, worked out with him in the offseason. Great dude. Say something nice about CJ Moore. Oh, my goodness. Now, this one is deep. It's going to be hard. This one is this is. <laughs> It's going to be tough. Yeah, you might have to reach for this a little right, bit. All right, nah, but, man, I definitely wouldn't be in this position that I'm in, uh, that I'm in today if it wasn't for that guy. And that says enough right there. Um, he, he means everything to me. I love him. That's my twin brother. Shout out to that guy, man. I hope he's working. He, I know he's working hard up there in Detroit. He's doing things the right way. Love you, boy. Say something nice about the Mississippi State Bulldogs. <laughs> Ah, nothing. no, no, you're not nothing. saying that. I'm not putting you in that nothing, position. Man, AJ, appreciate nothing. your time, man. Yes, Thank sir. You. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I always try to catch somebody with my very last say something nice about, 
And it's so funny uh, how a segment, good, bad, or otherwise, just comes to be, how it organically comes to be. And I was doing that interview with Max Sharping, and I happened to see somebody going off the field. And I just was like, hey, man, say something nice about it. And that's kind of become the end of my interviews. And they're always kind of fun because I ask guys about the position groups, and then I throw them a little curveball at the end. Uh, and, of course, A.J. Moore was not going to bite. He went to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the big rival. He's not going to say anything nice about uh, Mississippi State at all. Let's hear what Jaleel Johnson has to say and who I asked him to tell me something nice about. All right, John Harris out here, day number 12, I think it was. Jaleel Johnson, has it felt like day 1,236? Oh, it feels like we've been going for an entire year. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, uh, you know, no matter what day it is, you know, we still try to come out and compete, you know, at the highest level, and you know, we try to strive for perfection every single day. So, it's been two weeks since you and I first met, and we talked a lot about the fact that this is really your first practice down in the South. Has the heat lived up to every uh, ounce of hype that you expected? Honestly, I thought it'd be a lot more hotter than this. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's because I'm accustomed to it now. I've All been right. out here for a while, so. Uh, <laughs> But no, it's it's not as bad. I I think I'm doing pretty well in this heat. You are doing pretty well. I was I don't want to say I was surprised, but I know that a lot of people come here and they have some trouble adjusting to it and worry about it. But watch you every day, man. It looks like you got the juice. You've got uh, everything that we expected you to have. How do you feel like camp has gone for you this far? Um, you know, I think it's gone pretty well. You know, just you know the entire defensive uh, line. You know, I think you know we're coming out here every single day and we're putting our best foot forward. You know, no whether if it's raining or whether it's you know 100 plus degrees. You know, you know we're gonna come out. We're gonna we're gonna give our best every single day. It's a very interesting D line group. You got a rookie in Roy. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy that's kind of like a rookie in Ross because they really didn't have a rookie year last year. It seems like yeah. you got a mix of veterans, some guys that have been around, some guys. Have, it's a really interesting defensive line group. What do you make of that group, Jalil? Uh, I think it's it's uh I think it's pretty interesting. You know, you got young guys, you know, that are willing to learn from older guys. You know, then you have guys who are like in the middle who are willing to learn from younger guys and teach the younger guys. You know, then you have veterans who've been there for a while that are willing to teach everyone down the line. Um, you know, uh, I think we all appreciate that, the younger players. I think we all appreciate that. You know, guys like Witt, you know, guys like, uh, you know, B. Dunn, who's been in the system for a while. Um, so, you know, I, I think every day, you know, as young guys, we're, we're constantly absorbing their knowledge and what, they're, what they bring to the room. Do you share much with the offensive line? Like, do you go over and talk to the offensive line and say, hey, man, I threw this move on you. Next time, if you did this, you would have got me. Do you talk about, with the offensive line at all, or is that something that, that isn't really done, that the lines are really kind of kept separate? No, I mean, I'm pretty sure somewhere in the rule book you're not supposed to share secrets with the old line. <laughs> no, but, you know, we're all out here competing. You know, we're all out here trying to get each other better. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll explain to a, to a guard or a center, like, you know, I use this move. You know, and he'll tell me, like, yeah, uh, you know, I use this pass set or, yeah. you know, what have you. So, you know, I think we're all competing, but at the same time, we're all trying to help each other out. Okay. I started this uh, about 10, 12 days ago with Max Sharping, so I'm going to do the same for you. Get 12 called, questions, huh? Hey, well, it's called Say Something Nice About. Okay. You ready? Okay. Say Something Nice About the OG, Whitney Merciless. Oh, man. I mean, what can you say? The OG, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, he's like the, he's the number one guy in that room. You know, he, we, can, we can't have a better guy than him in that room. Say something nice about a rookie, Roy Lopez. Oh, man, Roy Lopez, you know, he's, uh, you know, he comes in every day. He grinds hard. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's a grinder. You know, I, I respect that. 
Okay, there are, I think, 14 or 15 of you in the defense line. Y'all giving him a hard time every day? Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's tradition. He has to go through it. We all went through it. <laughs> Absolutely. It is definitely tradition. <laughs> Say something nice about Ross Blacklock. Oh, man, athletic, quick. You know, he's like a – how much is that word? He's like a – you know, he's like a snake out there. He's just quick. No one can block him. Don't worry. I knew the word you were about to use, and I use that word too. I got to be careful on the radio. All right. Say something nice about the Green Bay Packers. No, I'm kidding. I, would, I wouldn't put you up to that, Jalil. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you. No, thank you so much. For those that don't know, Jalil had spent his entire career with the Minnesota Vikings prior to joining the Houston Texans, and we're facing the Packers in the first preseason game. So he knows all about going to Lambeau and what that game is all about, even though it's a preseason game. It's a big one for all these defensive linemen for Sure, it is a big one for these defensive linemen. Speaking of, we're going to hear from Malik Collins. He did a little Drew's Dozen. That's next right here on Texans All Access. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, John Ayers, football analyst, side reporter, and I lied to you. I mean, I didn't really mean to. But I kind of did because I told you at the beginning of the show that we were going to have Malik Collins and John Reed in the final segment. And then I get to the final segment and I'm like, oh, I've got only time for Malik Collins. So we'll save John Reed. We're going to have a jam-packed Friday show. We will be in Green Bay getting ready for the game. But we'll have a show for you detailing everything that we've done throughout training camp. You're going to hear from a lot of guys, a lot of guys I spent time talking to, had a really good time, that maybe you haven't heard from. Tavier Thomas was as fun an interview uh, as I've done from Detroit, knows Desmond King, grew up with Desmond King, a lot of fun stuff, and you're going to hear from him, Alex Erickson, Eric Murray, and many, many more, and of course the aforementioned John Reed will have all of those interviews uh, and thoughts on Friday before the first preseason game against the Green Bay Packers. But before we get there, we got to get through Wednesday's show, which means we got to hear from Malik Collins, a little Drew's dozen with Malik this morning. Number 97, Malik Collins is with me, Drew Doherty here after practice. Malik, first things first, 97, you like this number? What's the story behind it? I ain't got no story behind it for real, man. I just, I, let, I was a 96 my rookie year in Dallas, so I wore that for uh, four years. I wanted to take it up a notch, so I just went 97 last year, and uh, it was the best number for me this week, this year too. It's hot out here. How do you deal with the heat, and how come you're wearing a hoodie, my friend? I like to get nice and lean before the season come. Tread any any little fat that I got to get out here and uh, be my best for when the time when the season come. Tell me about your post-practice work because it seems like every day after practice you're always working with one of your defensive linemen. It's always a different face. How come they come to you? Why is that? You've got six years in the league. Is it simply that? Is it something else? I don't really know why, man. I, I just I like to work with guys. Even if I'm even if I'm not physically doing it myself, I still get the mental reps of being right there with them doing it and making sure they're doing it the right way too. So uh, I don't know. They know I'm not going to sugarcoat them though, man. I'm going to tell them exactly how it is. Maybe that's why. That's kind of how we get better, isn't it? The truth. Straight up, yeah. Honest person. What's better about you now? I'm honest with myself, which I've always been. But I just feel like, I mean, it's like wine, like wine, you know, get better with time. So I got more and more reps in this league, and uh, I think I'm I'm getting better every rep. You got a favorite wine? No, I don't drink. Not drink, okay. Tell me about this defensive line. What do people on the outside maybe not know about you guys? 
I don't really know. I know it's a it's a group that I want to be a part of, so that's why I come out here and I grind every day to make sure I'm a part of that group. You were a hell of a wrestler in high school. How much does that background help you now? It help a lot when it comes to like leverage, but I mean that's probably pretty much it. I mean I'm a shorter they say I'm a shorter guy. I feel like it's perfect, perfect height for my for the leverage that I need and the moves that I want to work and the center of gravity I want to have. So conditioning, what was tougher? High school football or high school wrestling? High school wrestling for sure. What was the hardest part of it? It's just pointless running. <laughs> and football, you know, you do football drills, you get tired doing that, but it's still football. And wrestling, running has nothing to do with what you do on the mat, so it's just like, damn. But you never, you, I'm assuming you wrestled as a heavyweight? Yeah. You never had to cut weight, did you? Yeah, I did. I had to you cut did? Like, yeah. Why? I was 298 one time, and I had to cut it 13 pounds in two days. They couldn't, I thought if you're a heavyweight, you, can, you could be like 500 pounds and no, wrestle. It's 285. 285. Oh, man. I don't want to get into any HIPAA violations and ask you what you had to do to cut weight because that sounds scary. A lot of spitting in the bottle, man. <laughs> so you're such a great wrestler. I mean, you went, what, 48-0, 38-0 as a senior? 48-0 for sure. That's a lot of wins. How many times in those 48 were you truly challenged by the other guy? I was challenging all of them. I mean, it was always good competition. Some, some matches you got out there, you knew it was going to be a wash, but you can't never take none for granted. That's why I didn't win my junior year because I took it for granted and I learned that lesson early on that I can't I can't go out there and act like I'm gonna beat the person in front of me. I gotta go no matter what. Learned that lesson junior year and then you just peeled off all the wins off after that. Now that's wrestling. Did you have any interest or have any interest in WWE, that type of wrestling? Nah. It's fake, man. I think it's fake. I don't know. I really don't know, but I mean I, I heard it's a lot of stunts being pulled out there. Okay, food wise, let's wrap this up. What's your go to perfect meal? To cap a day, what do you eat? Leaving, leaving like here, I'd rather go to Lotus. I get me some, you know, some fried rice, shrimp and chicken combination fried rice. You know, what I'm saying they hit every time. So, fried rice, chicken and shrimp. Let's see it happen, Malik Collins. We appreciate the time. Best of luck Saturday night and beyond. For sure, man. Appreciate you. Oh man, I thought Malik Collins was gonna go bang bang chicken and shrimp, like former Texan Chris Polk did on Hard Knocks. Speaking of Hard Knocks, man, I gotta get caught up. It's the Cowboys. Ooh, should be fun. Heard some good reviews thus far, so. Maybe I'll have a chance to watch it in the next couple of days. Appreciate you guys for being here. Big thanks to David Cully, Davis Mills, A.J. Moore, Jaleel Johnson, Drew Doherty, and, of course, Malik Collins. See you guys tomorrow, and as always, go Texans.